the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. Welcome to the Jewish Hour. I'm your host, Herschel Finney. We've got a really good show for you today. In this half hour of the show, we'll be featuring an interview with Rabbi Simone Jacobson, no stranger to the Jewish Hour. We'll be talking about self-care. A lot of people have, like, they're, they're just, like, flying all over the place, especially, you know, since October 7th. And hopefully we'll be able to get you a little bit grounded down, get your feet down on the floor and... Get your head on the pillow when it needs to be. In the second half hour of the show, we'll be looking at some insights into the portion which will be read in the synagogue, the portion of Bayetze, that's in Genesis 28 and following. We've got wonderful Jewish music sprinkled throughout the show, a dynamic, you know, you want to want to listen to this story, to stay all the way at the end for the Hasidic story all the way at the end. So let's, while he's, he's got on, we have him online, let's bring on Rabbi Simone Jacobson. How are you today, Simone? Thank you very much for having me. I am well. We are obviously in the middle of a war on many fronts, so as well as one can be in these uh, circumstances. Understood. Okay, so we're talking about self-care. So let's back up all the way to the beginning. What, is, so, what does self-care look like, Simone? <laughs> Yeah, well, I think it's important, you know, as soon as you use the word self, there's always that uh, double-edged sword. You know, people get too self-absorbed. At the same time, there are people who ignore the self. So I think a healthy measure of self-care means, and I'll just speak it from, a, I guess, a biblical or a Jewish perspective, that we were blessed with life. We were blessed with health. And we're obligated um to protect this gift given to us, which is why you'll find in the Torah, you'll find the concept of you shall be healthy. So it's not just because it's important to be healthy, say you live long and so on. No, it's actually a sacred 
duty and obligation to take care of yourself, to be healthy, so you can fulfill the mission for which you were sent to this world. And I think that's a, a critical point that many people sometimes miss, the sanctity of uh, self-care. So self-care, of course, technically includes, obviously, hygiene and diet and the rest and exercise, but it also includes spiritual self-care, which is taking care of your soul, taking care of your psychological, emotional, spiritual needs. And uh, so it's an all-encompassing responsibility that each of us has, that uh, another expression that says, chayecha koidmet. Your, your life comes first. You know, like when they get on the airplane, they say, put on the oxygen mask first and then put it on someone else. You have to be healthy yourself before you're going to help others. Now, obviously, that does not preclude the need to be responsible and help everyone we can reach. But it's a critical that you be in a place of your own uh, physical and spiritual health. And that would be my overall definition. Okay. Now, so on October 8th, Somebody came to me, and I've just been inundated, as I suppose every rabbi and therapist and everybody's uncle with uh, people talking about it. Somebody came to me and said that they felt survivor's guilt. I said, what are you talking about? You you weren't there that you just – she said, no, 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 no. I'm sitting in America. That's all very comfortable. I had a nice Amchus Torah. I went to work today. I I ate nicely. I didn't have worries about that anyone's going to blow me up. So I'm feeling survivor's guilt. So to me, at first, it seems like this is this is an unhealthy thing. But I kind of calmed her down and and wanted to hear your opinion. What would you do with with uh, such a statement from someone, Simone? Well, you and know, whenever we're feeling strong feelings, you can always go in two different directions. Strong feeling can can lead to guilt. Demoralization can lead to uh, a paralysis in a certain way, God forbid, um, which is not productive. So uh, in, in Tanya, Rabbi Shneel Zalman, in a brilliant way, explains why is uh, despondence, depression so negative, so bad? Because what it does is it debilitates, debilitates you, so you can't fight the battle properly. So I would say if you're feeling any type of, whether it's guilt or other feelings, that's good. You feel some energy. Now, but you got to harness it toward productivity. Like if someone said, oh, I feel guilty because I'm here in America. Look what's going on there. So take that and turn it into something positive. Maybe reach out to some people that you haven't spoken to in a while. Um, do an extra mitzvah. Light an extra candle. Or uh, put on tefillin if you're a man. No, that's a mitzvah. Even if it's, even if it's not for a Jew, you have Universal laws, be kinder, be gentler, be more charitable. In other words, you're also a soldier. Some people fight physically, some people fight spiritually. So I think it's just just to have that negative feeling, you know, like it's actually one of the Holocaust children uh, syndromes, feeling like, you know, they're forced to feel guilty because you don't know what your parents went through, what your grandparents went through, but you have to turn that into something positive or else that itself becomes a, uh, a damaging experience okay so now so let's talk about balance a little bit so people are like i say the first thing i tell people is to stop listening to the news it's like this is going on this is going on i see this picture i see that picture i see this video i see this. I, I told turn off the news just don't don't become in it and for sure 
don't look at the news after, say, 6 o'clock, because for sure it's going to disturb you when you go to sleep, and you might have to be able to sleep properly. So now you want to say is, like, spin it around and turn it into a positive thing. Is it possible, Simone Jacobs, to maybe become OCD in doing the positive things? You know, we've got, we've got this war going on, therefore I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do this, and that then becomes... The opposite of self-care. Now this person is running themselves ragged with, like, good things. Look, everything needs moderation. But, you know, it's an interesting question you ask. Because when it comes to uh, wartime, suddenly I don't think moderation always so healthy. You know, you need to have a certain passion, a sense of urgency. If every person in the military said, hey, you know what, I don't want to be OCD. No, you got to wake up 5 o'clock in the morning. You have a battle to fight. And I think the same is true on a spiritual level. So here's what I would say. I want to comment to, to make two points here. Regarding, absolutely agree with you. You know, if you can unplug and shut off the, the media and all that, it doesn't do much. The problem is that people are addicted to it. And we know addictions are not that easy to get rid of. So and the best way to deal with an addiction is to replace it with another addiction, with a better addiction, so to speak. I don't mean the word addiction. I mean the, a better passion. So like, I exactly had that conversation with quite a few people. But just a few days ago, someone said to me, I can't turn off the TV. I can't stop looking at my phone. I want to see the updates. So you know what I suggested? I said, I know a group of people that are going tonight to, to visit some hospitals in New York and to visit some uh, children that need help. Why don't you join them? Because when you're doing that, you won't have time to look at your phone because you're busy with something. And the guy did it to his credit. So sometimes it's not it's not easy always to tell somebody shut off something because then they're left sitting around waiting and looking for something to do. So I would turn that the person is like, you, you really want to watch something? Why don't you join or why don't you participate or why don't you get online and send 100 emails to your friends for something inspiring? In other words, turn, the best defense is offense. And it's something that I learned, of course, from the, from the Lubavitcher Rebbe. He was like uh, unbelievable with that. You, you feel something? Turn into some offense. When you're busy in the offense, you have less time to be uh, obsessing and so on. As far as the OCD, look, OCD doesn't sound good, but I think if you're passionate to, especially now when you see so much hatred, if you're passionate to spread love with more passion than they are to spread hate, I think that type of OCD is good, if you know what I mean. Because it's not, I'm not talking about doing something that's unhealthy, like staying up late at night and agonizing over it. But feeling a sense of urgency, waking up in the morning, jumping out of bed, I have to find a Jew and say a nice word to a Jew because look at what people are, other people are saying about Jews. And I want to share something about uh, doing a good deed, something to support our uh, military, our, our brethren and bro- brothers and sisters in Israel. So I think that type of urgency, you know, I, I wouldn't use the OCD word, but an urgency and a passion, I think should be even more powerful than their passion because they're definitely crazy, obscenely demonic passion, I would even say. And we have to counter it with a very powerful holy passion. Okay, our guest today again is Rabbi Simone Jacobson. We're talking about self-care in light of the events since October 7th. This last week, I was at the annual Lubavitcher Rabbis Convention, and I found myself sitting in a time management seminar and this person the presenter divided had a powerpoint which was the screen was divided into four and he said section one is crises you don't crises you don't ever want to be there section two is 
what you need to do right away. Section three is what you can allocate. And section four are time wasters, like, for example, Facebook and WhatsApp groups and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so now the question comes, if a person is engaged in self-care, there are a lot of, um, I would say, misinformed people or people who've been um, fed the fed the lines and have um, believe the propaganda, and there are a lot of Jews and people that we come in contact with constantly that are are in opposition to our opinion, and it gets really easy to get sucked into a, a WhatsApp debate, an email debate, or whatever, uh, some kind of th- thing like that, and it becomes, I, this is another one of those, those scenarios where I've told people, well, put down your phone and do something else. But so now, but it is very, very tempting because I have my opinion. And you know, this is like the, the story with Rabbi Akiva's students. I have my opinion. And of course, my opinion is right. And I want to make sure that you understand that since you don't have the right opinion, I want to make sure you have the right opinion. And the other person is doing exactly the same thing. And it gets, it, it gets really serious. Now you're talking about uh, siblings even engaged in such uh, conflict. What do we what do we say about that, Simon Jacobson? Um, well, look, it, it's, it's obviously a, uh, a common issue today, common issue, and I'm, I'm going to invalidate the challenge, but I, I face it as well as a communicator, as someone who does a lot of programming, and uh, people constantly wanting to debate, and then they have another opinion. I go back to my line, the simple line called the best defense is offense. I think as soon as you engage the debate, even if you win the debate, you can also lose it. Because the mere fact that you're debating, like, are we debating whether Israel is a legitimate state? Are we debating whether Israeli army military is allowed to go into a hospital? Are we suggesting that maybe they just like to attack innocent patients in the hospital? I mean, right away, as soon as you engage, just be aware, you've already given the call the enemy, if you wish, or the other side, um, the credibility that they don't deserve. So I think the high road is the best way to go, which means, I'll just give you an example. I was on a, on a podcast with someone who had a very different opinion, and I would not allow myself to be sucked in. And I said, let me just stop for a moment. You know, I, we had a great, great grandfather. His name was Abraham, not Abraham Lincoln, Abraham the Patriarch. He single-handedly introduced morality, monotheism, justice, charity to the world. It's almost 4,000 years ago. So long before the birth of Islam and long before the birth of Christianity. And I am a proud Jew with a direct line from this Abraham. Abraham was also the father of all nations, your father and your father. So why don't we just talk about Abraham? Why don't we just get to the point, what did Abraham want of us? And I began like, I don't want to say pontificating, but I began talking about that's what Abraham wants. Why don't we all try to live up to that standard? And I would not allow myself to get caught into the media politics. And they kept saying, the, the, the interviewer said, well, what do you think about this? I said, look, look, look. We all lived up to Abraham's standards. We wouldn't have this problem in the first place. The battles, I'm not a military person. I'm not on the front lines. I can't tell you what strategies to employ. I trust the Israeli military knows, knows what they're doing. And they have a full right not just to defend themselves, but to eradicate evil for the entire world. And Hamas should be on the defense of why they did such a massacre and why they're taking hostage and why they uh, are holding hostage their own people and, and losing them as human shields. So if anyone needs to be on defense, they need to be. 
You want to talk to me? I will talk to you about Abraham. And I kept on my, my, my line. As you know, you do radio, you know very well. You don't always have to answer the question. You have to get your message across. And that's how I, I look at this whole thing. Okay, very good. Okay, so now, so what, what, what practical things are you telling people? I mean, just as uh, Look, if you, want to, Herschel, if you want to wrestle together, we could wrestle if you like. <laughs> I think I'm a lot bigger than you. <laughs> yeah, that's true, but not on the radio. Not on the radio, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now, um, somebody wants a quick fix. What do you tell them? I start with, uh, uh, again, I quote my Rebbe. I think in times like this, I love to quote him as the commander-in-chief. He was once asked, what's his favorite prayer? And he said, Moda Ani. Moda Ani. Let's start. You want it quick? Every morning you wake up, as soon as you get up, before anything else, definitely before checking your, your phone, say Moda Ani, which simply means one line uh, prayer, one line chant, if you wish. Thank you for returning my soul to me. Basically, a, a voice, a sound of a uh, call of gratitude. It's also acknowledging um, the gifts of your life and saying, saying that thank you for giving me another day of life, for renewing my contract, to living up to my calling and mission. I think if a person uses that as an early morning meditation, meaning as soon as they get up, it sets the tone for the rest of the day. Because instead of you reacting to what everything is going on in your life, no, you have a soul inside you that's ticking. And that God gave you, created the divine image. How are you going to fulfill the mission of your life today? So you just set the tone for being, instead of being, oh, how am I going to protect myself or how am I going to react to others? Obviously, we have to be prudent and lock our doors. But more importantly, it gives you that sense of mission and sense of urgency. So I begin with the Moda'ani, and I work my way out from there. That's terrific. Okay, that's going to do it for this segment of the show. you have any last closing words, uh, Rabbi Simone Jacobson, before we move on? Yes, I, I must say this. I've never been prouder to be a Jew. Sometimes when you're under attack, you know, it brings out the best in us. They say the Jewish people are like a tea bag. You don't know how strong they are until you put them into hot water. So I want to say this to all your listeners and to everyone. We will prevail. You know, we're here for almost 4,000 years, and we will prevail. I'm Yisrael Chai. And I feel very confident, and I think we all should know that we do our part, bring light. The light will ultimately dispel darkness while we eradicate the evil that's necessary. But we will prevail. Okay. We're going to leave it on that note. Our guest today was Rabbi Simone Jacobson. We're talking about self-care, and we want to wish you continued success. And next time we'll talk about something under happier circumstances and easier to deal with. And uh, wish you continued success. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, take care. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Want assurance of quality and excellence in kosher? Look for the Michigan K on the label. What's it look like? The Lower Peninsula of Michigan with a K. It's the symbol of the Michigan Kosher Supervisors. Go to their website, mycosup.com. That's M-I for Michigan, K-O for kosher, and S-U-P for supervisors, mycosup.com, and find this month's featured products. You'll find Michigan K products wherever fine food is sold, especially at Natural Food Patch on West Nine Mile Road in Ferndale. Herschel Finman here. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. That was so comforting, indeed. Uh, this next song is also very comforting. It's called Bekarov, which means Mashiach is going to come really soon. I mean, if there's not a Messiah at the end of all this, it's like, what are we doing it for? So this is Avram Freed, 
And I think you'll really enjoy this song. I like it. We all know there's an opiate epidemic, but Advanced Rapid Detox has a solution for people addicted to pain pills, heroin, and dependent on Suboxone and Methadone. Advanced Rapid Detox performs detox under sedation in the hospital. Patients sleep through withdrawals and wake up without cravings. Dr. Julia Aronoff and the staff at Advanced Rapid Detox help people restore their lives and the lives of their families. Addiction affects everyone, even in the Jewish community. And Advanced Rapid Detox is there to help. Call 800-603-1813. That's 800-603-1813. Or visit them online at www.advancedrapiddetox.com. Hey, Schultz, and here you're listening to the Jewish Hour. So two weeks ago, I kind of sort of didn't play a 
Klezmer song. I played an intro and someone wrote me and said, no, 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 that's not not good enough. We're not happy with 10, 15 seconds of Klezmer. We want a Klezmer song. So I played a Klezmer song last week. And they wrote me back saying, thank you. We appreciate it very much. So in honor of the Klezmer fanatics that are out there, this is the Jerusalem Klezmer Orchestra. I specifically went, specifically looked for something Israeli. And this is the Jerusalem Klezmer Orchestra, and this is called the Klezmer Tanz, the Klezmer Dance. Let's listen. It's just for you and all the other Klezmer aficionados. Why go to a hospital to get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the -the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital, the same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurances accepted. 
Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Herschel Simon here. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. We have, it's been a while since we played a Miami Boys Choir in the interim. I, I played them, I don't know how long ago. They haven't come out with anything new in a while. And uh, they've become red hot as, uh, I don't know, t- TikTok or Instagram or uh, YouTube, whatever. But their stuff went viral. We actually, we had a uh, an intern over here in the, at the station that just said, not, not, not Jewish. Oh, I love Miami Boys Choir. Whoa, they're so cool. Okay, and she's watching videos that were made like 30 years ago. You know, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Anyway, so they came out with a little song recently. Of course, the song is called We Stand with Israel. Doesn't need any explanation.
Why go to a hospital to get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital. The same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurance is accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Hey, Shulterman here. You are listening to the Jewish Hour. This week, we will be reading the portion of Vayetze. It can be found in the book of Genesis, chapter 28 and following. It discusses the travels and travails of the patriarch Jacob. He left, last week we left off, he received the blessing that he he kind of sort of like stole from Esau, that he got from his father, that he was going to be the progenitor of the Jewish people. Um, Under threat of violence, he left, nothing new, and uh, decided he's going to take off and he's going to go to... Uncle, Uncle Laban, Uncle Lovin, get married, establish a family, build up a business, and uh, hopefully eventually come back. That was the plan. And his 11 kids are born in this portion. And, uh, you know, take a look at it. Chapter 28 and following, you know, so I don't need to give you an overview. Just do it yourself. I mean, thank God. An insight. It says, and Jacob left Beersheba and went to Haran. Now, the standard question which is asked is, we know that Jacob was living in his parents' house. And we know that his parents' house were in Beersheba. And we have a rule that the Torah doesn't say anything that you don't need to say. So we know that he left Beersheba. As soon as it says that he's going to Haran, we know that he must have left Beersheba. So the question now becomes, why does the Torah say, and Jacob left Beersheba, such that even it's the name of the portion, which it says the name of it is just an indication of the whole entire portion. The word Vayetze, he went out, he left. Rashi, classic biblical commentary, says that when a tzaddik leaves a city, it leaves a trace. People feel the void. And that's why it says, Jacob left. The Torah is a lesson book. The word Torah actually means, it comes from the word lesson. It's not, it's not stories, it's not history. It's not just information, but every, every sentence, every word is conveying a lesson to us. The Baal Shem Tov has an adage that everything that happens to a person, everything that a person sees or hears, they have to somehow incorporate into 
their service of God because it's by divine providence that they were shown or heard this thing. And specifically, even more so, if a person suddenly finds themselves in a certain place, especially if they didn't think that they were supposed to be in that place, so it's now they've been shuffled into that place for somehow fulfilling divine purpose of making the world a better place. So while a person's there, they're making the world a better place. What happens when the person leaves? Since it is they who are making that place a better place, so when they leave, it should be felt. This then becomes the meaning to us, we, every one of us, that when it's whatever it is that we're doing, we should leave a positive trace, a positive influence on that space. Now, when we say positive Point oh 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 one happens to be a positive number. It's not a very big positive number, but it's a whole lot more than nothing, and is for sure a whole lot more than negative. I mean, just philosophically, I'm talking about a whole lot more than negative. So we see. So then. When a person is doing just a little bit, it could be something so innocuous, so simple, as smiling at another person. You don't have to, the expression is in the Talmud, we're not asked to grind down mountains and fill in oceans. That's not what we need to do. What we need to do is just make it better. Better is one of those relative words. If you're adding positive energy, so now the world is better. And as it's stipulated from this portion, Vayese Yaakov Beersheva. There weren't other people in Beersheva? There certainly were. There was Yitzchak. Yitzchak was the leader of the of the generation, and Rivka, his mother, not Yitzchak's mother, Yaakov's mother, who was a righteous woman. And were they engaged in this making the world a better place? Absolutely, a hundred percent. But everybody's got their little portion, because otherwise, what are you doing there? So even though you're going to say, well, somebody else is doing something positive, fine, good, that's wonderful. You have your positive thing to do. And that's what we learn from the portion Vayetze. That wherever we go, we have to make sure that we leave this cloud behind us. And it shouldn't be a cloud of dust. It should be a cloud of positive energy. Speaking of a cloud of positive energy, we're going to be taking a quick commercial break and coming back for this really awesome Hasidic story. Don't go away. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Some things are better the way they used to be. 
like the crisp feel of a cool autumn day, the serenity of a baby sleeping, or the feeling of coming home after a long trip. Franklin Cider Mills makes cider the way cider is supposed to be. Its old-fashioned, clear, crisp taste reminds you of a cool autumn day. Located in the heart of historic Franklin Village at 14 Mile and Franklin Road, Franklin Cider Mill has been making cider the same way for over a century. Always fresh, with no additives or preservatives. You just can't buy Franklin Cider in any supermarket. Franklin Cider Mill is open from Labor Day weekend to after Thanksgiving from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Come visit Franklin Cider Mill. It's kind of like coming home. Well, we're going to sorry to say, but uh, this is the next to last week that we are advertising Franklin Cider. I mean, we'll do it next week because the show is on a Sunday, but the Franklin Cider closes the Sunday after Thanksgiving, which is next week. And once it's gone, it's gone. It's not like you can't go there Monday and say, but nope. It's an amazing thing. The place is locked down tight. You're not going to find anything, anybody, nothing. Not an apple core. Nothing. Amazing. So I suggest, and the best cider, if you ask me, the best cider is made this week. It's like that, the the apples that have weathered through the frost a little bit, and they're kind of like the sugar count in the apples is like, it's like really high, and the the the, the cider's like darker. It's it, it's not like crispy. It's more like, whoa! This is this is this is when I go to Franklin Cider, and I buy like a freezer shelf full, and <laughs> people people look at me when I take out like like right before Pesach, right before Passover. I'll pull out a gallon of Franklin Cider from the freezer. It's just like, where'd you get that? It's just it's been sitting in my freezer since Thanksgiving. So, strongly recommended. Yes, indeed. So, it's an also amazing thing that uh, that happened with a former sponsor of ours, Marvelous Marvin's Mechanical Museum, made the news this week. And I think it it made it made for sure made state news. I don't know if it made national news, but there was a uh, a project to uh, knock down the whole strip mall and build a Myers. And the hue and outcry that went out was just remarkable. Now, Marvelous Marvin's was one of those places that people just love to make fun of. Okay, that's I think I think Marvin, you go to a blessed memory. Who was like I said, he was he was a sponsor for us a long time ago. Um, I think he made it like that. It was just like my, I don't think my I think my wife went there once, maybe twice, and just said I can't take the noise. It was just but my kids. My kids have all kinds of stories. My grandkids have all kinds of stories. And uh, so there was actually a petition circulated, and tw- over 25,000 people signed this petition saying you have to make Marvelous Marvin's Mechanical Museum a national heritage site so it can't get knocked down. So I don't know. They had a board meeting. My, my daughter went to the board meeting, and she spoke about why it is that they have to keep this place. So uh, <laughs> it was open for public comment. And uh, we'll see. It's an interesting, uh, that's a fine kettle of fish, I tell you. So, okay. Uh, would you like to get in touch with me? The way to do that would be through my website, rabbifinman.com. That's R-A-B-B-I-F-I-N-M-A-N.com. And it's right there on the homepage. It says, contact us it doesn't get more clearer than that 
And you contact me, I contact you. If you have a question, a query, comment, criticism, whatever it is you got, whatever's on your mind, fine. I'll, uh, I'm more than willing to, uh, to read all your mail and respond in kind. There's also the uh, archive editions of the radio show. These last couple of radio shows have been uh, really dynamite. A lot of uh, effort on my part to tell you the truth and the subject matter. These last those last six weeks have been really, really heavy and really intense. And if you want to go back and listen to them and and get refreshed about all the stuff that's going on, it's still unfortunately still current. But we've also got years and years of other stuff. If you want to go back and listen to something lighter, like you know the uh, the various uh, authors that we've interviewed or current events from the times where it was, uh, check out any one of my wife Hannah's interviews. They're always great, especially the Hanukkah ones where she talks about like latkes and stuff like that. Yes, and that's all there. We have other you know, modes of uh, ways in which we employ the ideals of Judaism in an entertaining and educational way. And, of course, there's the donations page. This podcast costs. This is not free. I know you can listen for nothing because I myself listen to podcasts for free for nothing. But make you understand, this costs. And every single month, we have to go through this. And we make the pledge. Uh, we're at the end of November um, this might be one of those months where we're paying off November and December because it's not money's not coming in because we hadn't been advertising for September or October because we had a sponsor for the whole month. And I made the pledge that if the month is paid off, I don't make a pledge. So I do a pledge drive. So if you want to start that for December, we'll do that next week. And uh, we can pay off the month of December, and I won't uh, do it because December is a very good month because this way you get to take it off your taxes for 2023, and then Uncle Sam is quite happy, and you'll be happy, and the other people listening, and you'll be happy because I won't be making this pledge drive thing over here going on and asking for money, and I get to tell you a longer story. So go to RabbiFinman.com, hit the donations page. Make it a monthly donation. If you can't can't do it, if if you're on a budget, who's not on a budget? So make it a budget. Make it make it within your budget, but make it monthly. It's all it's all good. However it comes, I won't refuse it. So just do it today, and uh, it's greatly appreciated. The story, the Hasidic story, involves the Lubavitcher Rebbe, and this is actually a uh, two part story because one this story reflects on another story involving the Baal Shem Tov. Man, I believe it was either the late 1960s or the early 1970s, came to the Rebbe from Brazil. And he had some sort of a malaise, an illness, a sickness. He was not doing well. And he came to the Rebbe for a blessing, which lots of people came to the Rebbe for blessings for various health and business and uh, other types of things, came to them for a blessing. And the Rebbe said to him, but you have a a prescription, right? And the man from Brazil said, there's there's no drug for this. They've never come up with a drug for this. And they talked a little bit more, but then he was describing what what the, the situation was. And the Rebbe said, 
but you have a prescription for this, right? And the man didn't understand. He just had said to the Rebbe, there's, there's, there is no prescription for this. And it's happened a third time. The Rebbe said, but you have a prescription for this. And the man said, there's no prescription. And the Rebbe looked at him and said, put your hand in your pocket. And the man put his hand in his pocket, and he took out a prescription for a medication that wasn't there before. And it was a medication, some kind of whatever, and he took it and he got better. Again, he lived happily ever after. What is this in, in, uh, indicative of or similar to? There's a story involving the Baal Shem Tov. That it happened once on a Saturday night. Now, just to get a little background information, Jews don't carry anything on the Sabbath in their pockets. We are totally and completely off the grid. We are not involved with the world. We don't engage in business. We don't, the world has gone away. Immediately, Saturday, so there's a, a small ceremony called Havdalah. And all of the Hasidim, all of his disciples were in the synagogue and the Baal Shem Tov made Havdalah. And just as soon as he got through making this ceremony, ending the Shabbos, before anybody had a chance to go home or even put on their coats, whatever, somebody came running in. There was a family that was taken and put into jail. They need X amount of rubles. So the Baal Shem Tov turned to the crowd and said, everybody, please give me all the money that's in your pockets. Now, this is the, this is the Sabbath. They just finished the Sabbath. Nobody was carrying anything. But says everybody put their hands into their pockets, and they all took out money. And it says that what's the bigger miracle over here? The bigger miracle is not that the Baal Shem Tov asked them for money, and money came out of their pockets. The bigger miracle is, is that no one said, Rebbe, I'm Shabbistic. I don't have any money in my pockets. They all unequivocally put their hands into their pockets and took money out of their pockets because the Baal Shem Tov asked. That's going to do it. We hope we had a chance to entertain you a bit. We hope you had a chance to educate you a bit. We hope you have a great week. We hope to see you back again next week. Take care. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.